This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and in a moment on Vancouver Consumer, we'll talk real estate in the lower mainland. Inflation, rising interest rates, lots of changes, and what can we expect in 2023? We'll be checking in with John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. We'll get some insight from him as we head into the new year. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The Bank of Canada signaled on Wednesday that this might be it for interest rate hikes for the next little while. That is after they raised interest rates by a half point to four and a quarter percent. That's the highest rates we've had since January of 2008. Since March, the central bank has raised its key interest rate seven consecutive times as they try to slow down the economy and rein in inflation. The bank says they'll likely hit the pause button, though, when it comes to rate hikes. They still will be watching the economy and any future decisions that they make about possible rate increases or decreases would all be based on the data. Economists from the Royal Bank say we have hit a record number of renters in this country. According to census data, almost 5 million households rented the home they lived in last year. That's up from 4.1 million a decade earlier, almost a million more people renting. The economists say millennials born between 1981 and 1996 are fueling some of the rental growth because their home ownership rates are lagging. And you can't blame them considering the kinds of housing prices that uh, they're facing compared to the ones faced by earlier generations. The economists at the Royal Bank say it could be a problem and they predict this growing demand for places to rent will put a lot more pressure on Canada's rental housing market. And I'm sure the phrase supply chain issues is one that you could do without hearing again. And so it's good news that we may not be hearing it as much as we go into Christmas and a new year. The supply chain backlogs of the past two years and the delays, the shortages and outrageous prices that came with them have improved dramatically since the summer. And supply chain experts are pointing to the economy as a reason. Phil Levy chief economist at the supply chain consultancy firm Flexport, says North America is now in a very different place supply-wise. He says the main factor behind the improvement has been diminished demand for manufactured goods as spending has fallen for three straight quarters. The Royal Canadian Mint is going to be issuing a new black-ringed toonie To honor Queen Elizabeth II, the Mint says the $2 coin's black outer ring is intended to evoke a mourning armband to honor the Queen, who died, of course, in September after 70 years on the throne. The Mint says it will start to circulate nearly 5 million of the coins this month. And aside from the black ring of mourning, the Mint says the coin retains the same design elements of the standard $2 coin. And one of the first Apple computers ever made is going up for auction, and it's expected to fetch upwards of a half a million bucks, which is about what a new iMac costs now at the Apple store, isn't it? No, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, The old one, this original Mac, is a clean and unused prototype Apple One. 
which actually works, which also makes it special, is the fact that Apple's co-founder, Steve Jobs, had written down the stock number of 01-00002 on the circuit board, and the ink has been certified as his handwriting, and apparently Steve Jobs wasn't known to take the time and effort to number the computers himself. As the story goes, he left that to the other Apple co-founder, Steve Wozniak. So if that's true, it makes an original Apple computer with Steve Jobs' handwriting on it very rare because he was kind of lazy with that. The computer was one of a very small run of the very first Apple ones. Jobs and Wozniak made 50 of them in 1976, sold them for 500 bucks a piece. The computer up for auction is currently owned by Apple computer expert and tech historian Corey Cohen, who restored it back in 2018 and got it up and running. The winning bidder will also get an original Apple cassette interface. That's right. The information on the computer is stored on cassette. Another Apple One computer sold for over a half million dollars earlier this year, but that one was in rough shape and sported a massive crack across the circuit. This one is much closer to near mint. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate, see what the market has in store for 2023 with John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and it's time to talk real estate on Vancouver Consumer with our friend John Carlson from 2% Realtor. You Realty, you know him as Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, 2023, uh, I'm guessing, will be an interesting year when compared to 2022 and 2021. And that's saying something because uh, those were very interesting years. So many changes. And, And I have to say, John, first of all, hello, John. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to see you again here now in December. Yeah, yeah. And then this is a good opportunity for us to kind of look back at the the year past and the years past, but also look ahead to 2023. I want to talk about that. But I want to say that uh, as real estate professionals go, uh, I know you don't like to make predictions. You're not in the prediction game, but we have made a lot of predictions. You have made a lot of predictions on this show. and, And you've been pretty accurate with what's going on. And it's been a very strange time. And I guess, you know, looking back, um, it's hard to believe the changes that we've seen with COVID and the way the market just, just went just crazy. And then now with, with everything that's going on. So uh, I just want to say congratulations on, on uh, your acumen and the the kind of uh, predictions you've made on the last uh, few years on this show. Well, thank you. You you tend to put me on the spot a fair bit. So, um, you know, I, I, we need to talk about um, what we see coming and nobody has a crystal ball, as as we all know. And it, it has been a wild ride. You just mentioned interesting. And, you know, it took me back to the COVID times when there was a lot of uncertainty. And it reminded me that, you know, things don't always go the way that you might think or that the newspapers might think or, or anybody, myself included. But, you know, when you're in the market every day, you do get a feel for 
what's happening on a day-to-day basis and you're seeing the change in attitudes between buyers and sellers and all these other things. So it's great to come on this program and, and share with the listeners. Uh, you know, I really enjoy it. What, what my thoughts are of the market at the, at the current moment and what might be coming. And, you know, and that's also a great way to maybe, you know, to communicate with some of you listeners out there in terms of, uh, you know, letting you know that I am available when the time comes for you to enter the market, we might want to have a conversation about how that might look. But looking back, yeah, wonderful. I tend to look back this time of year. I, I tend to be looking forward to tell you the truth, Martin, because right. uh, what's behind us is behind us. And it's it's a good lesson. But interesting times coming up, as you say, for 2023. Yeah, we're talking to John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com is where he lives uh, on the internet. And and who would have believed, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look back, uh, the, the way back. the market reacted to COVID was completely unintuitive to me. I would have assumed that the market would have just crashed because of COVID, but instead it, uh, it roared ahead. And uh, I mean, over, overall, 2023, I mean, uh, I'll put you on the spot as you say, I do. Cause I, I kind of do put you on the spot, but that's my job. That's the fun of it. Um, that's the fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> so 2023, um, you know, how, how confident are you? How, uh, excited are you for, for the year ahead? Yeah. Thanks. Great question. You know, real estate is, um, in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley is uh, a giant. Let's just say it's, it's not going to die. It's not going anywhere. Now, having said that things change and, you know, it's interesting just a minute ago, you mentioned the COVID uh, time and how you never would have guessed, and a lot of us never would have guessed what would have come out of that. When COVID first hit the market, I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I ever going to sell a house again? Am I ever going to be able to get anyone inside a house again? Um, but of course, in retrospect, right. you look back and it, and it seems pretty obvious. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that had to do with, I think my point here is that a lot of that had to do with the way that uh, authority, government reacted to the situation and government policy and political pressure have really kind of been the story of the real estate market these last year or so and going forward. So when I look into 2023, uh, and we've talked about this a number of times, Martin, that one of the big factors of uh, real estate, you know, going forward, this this giant, this behemoth, if you will, which is the real estate market in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, taming that that monster has been a you know a political priority for local governments, uh, provincial governments, and federal governments. And so when we look into 2023, we can see you know, the wheels grind slowly, so to speak. But um, we're having, for instance, in January, the home buyer's rescission period is coming into effect. And I won't, you know, bore into the details, uh, the, the fine print details, partly because they're not even published yet. Um, but basically, right. contract law in British Columbia is being rewritten to a point where a buyer can now write an offer, put down a deposit, which, you know, a small deposit would be at risk, but still walk away from a contract after a certain period of time. So, there are some solutions, I'll, I'll use the word solutions, uh, being uh, put forward by uh, governments uh, to the housing crisis and to, you know, the red hot housing market and buyers being forced to do things maybe that they're not comfortable with. But in my opinion, you know, that's, I want to be careful here, but that's almost like um, turning on the air conditioning in December because it was too hot in August. So right. we're going to look and see all the ramifications of that and how they play out. But that's one of the changes happening in the real estate market that's going to have a bit of a ripple effect for people who are selling and tying on to a purchase, uh, you know, because how do you know if your house is sold for sure or not before you commit to your purchase? It used to be a little bit simpler. Now there's going to be some more complication in there. Um, and, and this is one instance where, you know, I hate to say it this way, but 
uh, it's even more important to have a professional agent on your side now. So it's something I can't complain about. I may be needed in another capacity with my clients now to have to navigate through this little change, but it's not a little change. So there, there is one thing. And then we've got, you know, we can talk about the rest, the higher interest rates going into 2023. We can talk about the foreign buyers, federally, hey, foreign buyers in Canada. I mean, I'm sure there's some loopholes there, but foreign buy foreign buyers are banned from buying. And that was, you know, for a long time, they were the scapegoat of the high interest or the high prices in real estate. And now, right. you know, feds have said that. And then we're even looking at, and we're going to talk about this after, the changes to the strata rules regarding rentals and age restrictions. So all kinds of changes going forward in the market in 2023. And my job is going to be to help people appropriately understand these changes, the market that they're operating in and how to make good decisions going forward. Right. So it, it's, it's very interesting. Like this whole cooling off period thing. Um, like you say, it's like uh, turning on the air conditioning in February because it was hot in the summer. I think I have that right. Um, but uh, I guess it, it's, it was to protect people from these these crazy bidding wars and high prices where people got swept up and then maybe they they felt like they paid too much or something. But those days are kind of gone now. The bidding wars are not are not generally happening, are they? No, uh, not generally. Although it's interesting, I met with one of my colleagues yesterday who had a house in Surrey and they did get ten offers, multiple offers on the property, a detached house. Um, and it was priced well, of course. And interestingly enough, you know, the offers did not all come in over list price. In fact, most of them did not, was my understanding. So um, that's an indication that, you know, buyers are still very conscious of pricing. But, you know, you're right. Uh, this is the design of of these this legislation is to help home buyers um, make better decisions and give them an out, so to speak, if they if they do end up be feeling pressured to do things that are maybe not in their best interest. And let's face it, in the heat of the market, those those were issues you know, for buyers. But now there's going to be a little bit of an opportunity perhaps for a buyer to uh, rethink things for a few days after they've made that commitment. So uh, we'll be talking about that quite a bit going forward in the new year. We're going to meet again, I think, uh, every couple of weeks in 2023 to talk about these things. Yeah, we're talking to John Carlson. Uh, Johnny Smart Point uh, is his moniker that he goes by. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com or uh, give him a call, 604-612-0080, 612-0080. And his uh, email address is john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Two N's in Johnny. And uh, it is a lot of doom and gloom out there that you hear about. And then you hear about factors, like you say, about all these, the new rules that are coming into effect. But uh, let's speak directly to somebody who may be uh, thinking of downsizing, or they, they may be thinking of moving, upsizing even, or they may, they may be thinking about selling a property and they're hearing all this stuff and they're kind of nervous and they're thinking, well, is, you know, January of 2023, a good time uh, for this property to go on the market? Do I wait? Do I, do I jump in now? Um, I mean, what's generally your advice to, to somebody who's sitting on a piece of property that they're thinking of selling, um, and they're, they're maybe feeling a little bit nervous about the market. What, what's your advice to them? Great question. Um, it kind of reminds me of a multiple choice test where the answer is actually D, not enough information <laughs> yet to make that call. <laughs> I would have to listen to um, whoever I'm talking to and find out what their situation was because um, that's the number one thing, really. I mean, markets may do what they do. They go up, they go down, they get more active, they slow down. But it, the, the, the personal um, 
situation of a seller or sellers is really what's going to dictate, you know, how those challenges might be navigated. And you use the word a little uh, word uh, doom and gloom, and I, I don't see it that way at all. Uh, in the market, you know, there are ebbs and flows, and we had a, a quite a hectic time, and that created its own problems. And so, having interest rates a little bit higher is going to make it tougher for sellers to convince buyers to spend as much money because those buyers can't afford to spend as much money as they could in the past. Um, and it's going to change the overall um, feeling in terms of consumer confidence or urgency on the part of buyers. But the truth of the matter is, as we mentioned earlier in the program, real estate in Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley is a very robust business and people need to buy and they need to sell and they need to move and transfer. And um, regardless of the number of foreigners buying homes in the next few years, we're going to have a stable demand of real estate for real estate in the Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley areas. And, um, you know, the fact that maybe there are some changes to the market and the fact that the prices will likely come down. And let's talk about that the second half of the program. I see the fundamentals of the business and the actual prices of the business. They don't match. I think the fundamentals have changed more than pricing. And to me, that means there's still some room for buyers to get some better deals out there. Uh, But there's no doom and gloom out there. If someone's looking at selling and maybe they're uh, maybe they're making a lateral move. Well, then you're going to buy a little bit cheaper and you're going to sell a little bit cheaper and you're going to need to be more uh, attractive as a seller and a little bit more competitive, but you're also going to have the opportunity to be a little more selective as a buyer and take your time. So there's pluses and minuses to any situation. And my job would be uh, sitting down with somebody to, to find out, you know, what are they trying to accomplish? What are their options? Um, what's their equity position? Uh, what is the uh, you know, the optimal situation. And then what would happen if that's not possible? Is there a bad downside? Is there a good plan B? All these sorts of things. And when people give me that kind of information, you know, I step into the role of an agent. So everything we talk about is confidential. And then I'm able to help them, you know, come up with some thoughts and they can even sit on them for a little while and say, hey, or, or think on them and then come to the market. I wouldn't be rushed in putting my property on the market today, being getting close to the middle of December. But I would, if I was thinking of selling, I would want to have a plan to start, you know, being ready at least or getting ready to be on the market by say February or March at the latest. So if these are things that, you know, that the people out there are thinking about and they want to call me and talk to me about, I'm wide open for those things. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those things where the, you know, the, the news business, uh, they get viewers by, you know, really sort of, uh, emphasizing what's, what's really amazing about stories. They, I don't want to say that they, you, you know, they like when, when things are great, you hear a lot about how things are great. And when things are, are going down, you hear a lot of, you know, sensational headlines about how things are, you hear the doom and gloom. And, uh, and I guess what I'm hearing from you, uh, in my rambling way is uh, don't panic. And uh, I, I think that's the key going into 2023 uh, in anything is don't panic uh, and get a professional on your side. And that professional uh, could be John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where he is on the net. J-O-H-N-N-Y, two N's in Johnny, JohnnySmartPoint.com. And you can see uh, everything he's about. You can see, uh, you know, the awards he's won. You can see how you can save some money on uh, commission. Uh, just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk a, a little bit about what we can expect from the real estate market in 2023 and some of uh, the success stories that John has had in, in 2022. Uh, that's all when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. 
This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking real estate, kind of a year-end wrap, and a look forward, I think more importantly, looking forward to 2023 with our friend John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online, Johnny Smart Point. Point.com. That's two N's in Johnny. And uh, you can find them uh, online or you can phone them 604-612-0080 or send an email john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, John, in the first half, we, we talked about, you know, a little bit about what we can expect in 2023. And, uh, you know, there is a bit of doom and gloom out there in the market, but I, I, what I got from you is the is the phrase "Don't panic." That's kind of the mantra for 2023. Don't panic. <laughs> Sounds like a good T-shirt as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I like that. And you know, I think that's a really good point, Martin, because there's nothing we can do about the overall dynamics of the market. But um, you know, I think it's really important in, in a level market. Let's just say that hasn't changed in a long time. Uh, I think there's a certain amount of security there because it's, you know, things are, are the same and, and it tends to be, I'm just going to use the word level, but you know, when there's a changing market where the rules are changing about contracts and where, you know, these other things we're talking about with strata changes and interest rate changes, and the whole dynamics have changed. It, it's really important for a seller to understand those changes and how they impact that particular seller with a certain product at a certain time. And when you understand those, I think you've got a, you've got a pretty big advantage over someone who maybe doesn't understand how those changes are going to, you know, affect you. So in a changing market, I think it's more than ever, it's, it's important to talk to somebody who, who knows his or her stuff and can give you really good advice. And the market's going to play out the way it does. Um, I never know a hundred percent what's going to happen in years past, you know, in the hot times of the market, if you sold in February, or March, you probably sold too low in one respect, because in those markets that were very hot, what we saw was inventory, new listings hitting the market, and buyers snapping them up as quickly as they hit. And that, of course, you know, led to multiple offer situations. And then the next seller down the street a month later tries a higher price and it succeeds and prices pushed up. So again, if you sold in February or March of some of the really hot years, you sold a little low, depending on if you were buying again and all that stuff, because in April, May, June, and July, the, the prices were going up monthly uh, on a percentage basis. This year, I'm going to make a little bit of a guess that uh, one of the saving graces for 2022 and the prices staying relatively stable were the fact that there were not uh, a whole bunch of oversupply of new listings hitting the market. In fact, we went from a shortage to a more balanced market. And I think the continuing trend is going to be as we reach the end of January and we get into February and the weather gets better and people, you know, people start thinking real estate more and more, I think the listings are going to hit a little bit more frequently. The supply and demand ratios are going to, you know, move more into a fairly large supply and a relatively reserved demand. And so what I'm saying is if you sell in February or March of this year, no guarantees, of course, anytime we're, we're, we're looking into the future, but I think that you may sell for a little more than you might see in April, May, June, and July. And, and that's really the big if in my mind right now. I, I like to see whatever happens in February and March and April. These are big trendsetters for the rest of the year. So we're going to wait and see. But as I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw 
a gentle, gradual um, decrease in overall pricing in all the segments of the market for at least the first half, probably throughout 2023. Right. So, so John, it sounds to me like if, if you're sort of in a position where you're thinking about selling, now is the time to start thinking about it. And maybe over the holidays, you know, start thinking about the things you have to do to get that ready for, for sale and uh, maybe jump in, in, in February or March and don't wait. Well, yeah, and it depends. If you're heavily reliant on financing and the rates keep going up, then even though prices may come down a little more, you might find real estate more expensive, you know, proportionally speaking. Um, so again, a lot of it goes into it. If you're downsizing and you're cashing out and you're going to a property worth 50% of the value you're coming from, yeah, it might make sense to sell earlier and get what's in the market now, as opposed to if you believe the market will continue to, to balance out and go down a little bit. Uh, on the other hand, if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, spending twice as much money on your purchase and moving up, you know, you might think a different timing. So it all comes down to the individual. And I'm happy to meet with people who are serious about selling and give them my thoughts of, you know, what that process might look like in the spring. Just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. That's how you get a hold of John, uh, 604-612-0080. Or john at johnnysmartpoint.com is the the, uh, email address. And, you know, you talk about pricing and valuations and it start and, and also, you know, how to put it up for sale, what, where to start the pricing and what to expect in terms of bidding or whatever. It sounds to me kind of complicated and you sort of need to know what you're doing. <laughs> and it's, I mean, no more in a time when it's uh, so strange and things are changing quickly. And I guess that's when you really need a good realtor is when, when the market is changing, when things from month to month. I think so. Yeah. And especially when, <clears throat> excuse me, when I think about the the lag and because I look at all the statistics and it's funny, sometimes it'll be about two months later when I'll see, you know, it kind of come into the mainstream consciousness, what ha- what's been happening for the last month or two. So talking to somebody who's, you know, working on a daily basis in this industry is, is never a mistake. I mean, and, and you don't necessarily just talk to one person. A lot of people will talk to two or three different agents and find someone that they, that they think um, represents them well and, and, and they can communicate with and they have a good feeling about. So, you know, these are the typical stages of a potential home seller hitting the market, you know, and, and getting a little bit of information or a lot of information from different sources is always a good idea. And I would prioritize, um, you know, the information that you might get from a professional who is, uh, you know, working on a daily basis and doing a good volume of business and has a good track record. Those types of people generally are in a good position to, um, you know, to cut through, uh, you know, the, the ifs, ands and buts and kind of get right down to the meat of the market and what's happening out there. So I'm always happy again to meet with people to help them with that. Yeah, just go to johnnysmartpoint.com and you've you've had a pretty busy end of 2022. You kind of ended with a bang, a lot of uh, very happy people who are moving on to different phases of their lives. It's not over yet, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say busy because, you know, as I mentioned, the, the volume of potential buyers out there is about 50% of what, it, of what it was in the busy times, but the people out tend not to be time wasters. They're serious and they want to buy. So I want to congratulate a few people I've worked with with lately. Uh, I got uh, I had a listing on Adnac and I want to congratulate Ron. That one was a prime example. We didn't have a ton of showings, but the showings we did have produced some serious interested buyers. The decision on that was made to be to list as one of the better priced homes in the area. And that 
you know, that and, and hold to that price. And so, you know, that was the strategy. And of course, we that's what we did. And it worked very well. So I want to congratulate Ron on that. Uh, I want to congratulate uh, family on uh, my listing I just had on uh, Richmond Street in New Westminster, a nice condo. Um, and unfortunately, in these times, sometimes banks don't approve financing. And so we had to go through this process a couple of times to get it sold before, you know, financing did stick, but we just got that one done. And it was, uh, you know, it was a, a great uh, listing to work with. And Shelly and Dan were wonderful. So thank you again for, for calling me. And then my, my Kitsilano listing on West 8, the house on the big lot, the old timer. Um, that was another interesting one because as a symptom of the times, a, a house that has some development potential, it turned out with that one that the developers uh, were not that keen. You know, I, they, they they were saying things like interest rates are going up and my construction costs are going up. And the unknown factor of what a sale price would be down the road after I put a year or two years into the property, they were very conservative with their offers. And as it turned out, the people who, you know, were writing the better offers on a property like that were homeowners who, who were just coming to us saying, hey, we love this area. We want to live in it. We're prepared to renovate the house. And uh, we've gone to the bank and this is as much as we can spend. And so... You know, I just want to congratulate that whole family there and working with me. It was an estate sale. Um, and, uh, you know, we we got that one done and it, it's nice. Comes December and things are wrapped up. I think everybody feels good. So I want to say thank you to all the clients I've worked with so far in 2022 and all the ones I've talked to who will probably work together in 2023 and put the invitation out there to anyone else who wants a serious agent who is is more than willing to meet and share and give some good information. And then when the job starts to roll up his sleeves and get to work and produce good results, those are the kind of people I'm looking to talk to. So I'm available for that anytime. Go to johnnysmartpoint.com online or give him a call 612-0080, 604-612-0080. And uh, before we go, I, I want to talk about uh, 2023 in terms of the changes. You talked a little bit about the change to the, the cooling off period and how that might affect. And, and you were kind of talking about um, that it might be a good idea to get in early in 2023 to get your 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 property on the market, like in February or March. And one of the things that, that could possibly change the market are changes to strata regulations. So talk about those. Tell us about what's going on yeah. with strata regulations. That's kind of a big one, you know, because, and this is relatively new. I think it was only um, a little over a week ago that this took effect. I think it was the Thursday last week that it, that it was enshrined, I guess, in law. And basically uh, this is a big change for a lot of people in British Columbia and Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley. If you uh, were in a strata, let's say a condo or a townhouse development, uh, and there were a couple of restrictions we want to talk about. One was an age restriction. So if I was in a condo or a townhouse and the age restriction was 19 years old, let's say, or maybe 45 years old, and that meant, hey, you know, as a, as a group of people living in this development, we've all decided to pass a bylaw restricting age of people. We don't want kids here. It's a lifestyle choice. Well, um, I think it was an effort to to help the housing crisis and the rental affordability and all that sort of thing. But the, the provincial government has stepped in and said, you know what? There are no legal age restrictions anymore other than a 55 and over age restriction. So some of these buildings who really want to preserve their no kids policy, let's say, and they're 45 and over, some of them are likely to pass a resolution if they get three quarter or is it 75 percent, I think, strata uh, vote on the, the owners there. Uh, they can change it to 55 and over, and that will be legally protected. But age-restricted buildings, uh, other than 55, it no longer counts. Anybody can buy in that building now with, is, you know, with with children, and that's and that's just the way things are now. So, 
if you look at, uh, or, or here's the other one, rentals. Oftentimes when people are living in close proximity, say a condo or a strata development, they all get together and say, hey, we want to limit the number of rentals to protect the integrity of the living environment of this development. And uh, well, guess what? Rental restrictions, unless it's for 55 and over or unless it's short-term Airbnb, those things aren't, aren't affected. But you might live in a nice cozy place now and they go suddenly, hey, your neighbor can rent out the unit. There's nothing anybody can do about it. So these things are changes to lifestyles for homeowners, but they're also mm -hmm. changes to the market. Because if you're in a place that, let's say it's an older condo, that's relied heavily on investors because you're wide open for rentals. Well, suddenly your market position might not be as strong because there's hundreds of places now investors can look at for rentals that might be newer that were previously off the table to them. Wow. Likewise, age restrictions open things up as well. So these are things that are going to make a change going forward in 2023 in Strata Properties. And all the the more reason why you need a professional on your side who who understands the market and understands where it's headed. And that's John Carlson. Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online. Johnny Smart Point dot com and uh all the best john for uh for the holidays and for the new year we'll be talking a lot in 2023 keeping an eye on this market and uh i just want to thank you for another great year likewise i'm really looking forward to getting together with all you again for all the shows next year let's keep this going it's fantastic thank you Right on. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can give him a call 604-612-0080 or send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, should the mask mandate return to BC? And on this day in Vancouver history, another type of mask was popular in the city. I've got that story coming up next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And with the recent sobering statistics on not only COVID, but also the plain old flu, a lot of people are talking about bringing back some kind of mask mandate. A bunch of organizations such as Protect Our Province BC and the Safe Schools Coalition got together to write a letter urging the BC government to once again force people to wear masks in outdoor public spaces. BC officials lifted the mandatory mask policy back on July 1st, but public health officials encouraged people to wear them in public while indoors, especially on public transit. But if you've been on the bus or the SkyTrain lately, you'll see that most people don't. And the big concern is in the schools. In that letter, the group pointed out that uh, since HEPA filtration units have not been provided in most BC classrooms, they say, quote, masks are currently the only sure way to limit the amount of virus in the air that school children and educators breathe, unquote. And the numbers are scary. Every single day, BC hospitals are seeing about 200 more kids sick with respiratory illness. That's according to Health Minister Adrian Dix. The province's response last week was to announce a vaccine blitz, urging everyone to get their flu vaccine. But a doctor who works at BC Children's Hospital says the one thing the BC government is missing in that response is courage. Those are his words, or his word. Dr. Sanjeev Gandhi said just a few hours after the provincial announcement that while he agrees that vaccines are really important, the government needs to reinstate a mask-wearing mandate if they want to slow the spread of the flu and the respiratory complications that go along with it. 
So the pressure's on. We'll see what happens uh, as more and more people and kids are taken to the hospital. And speaking of masks, there was another type of mask that was dominating the headlines in the greater Vancouver area back during the Second World War. If you go back exactly 80 years to the day, December 10th, 1942, the headline in the Vancouver News Herald newspaper read, quote, gas masks to go on sale here Monday. The gas masks costed $1.25 and there were 100,000 available in the lower mainland. The newspaper reported that for a buck and a quarter, Vancouverites could, quote, buy their protection from death carrying gases that the enemy is liable to drop upon the city any day, unquote. Now, looking back, that may seem a little paranoid, but it's easy for us to say from where we sit 80 years later. Just think about the beginning of COVID and all the panic toilet paper we were buying. The unknown has a way of uh, making us do desperate things. And for us, we didn't even have a world war going on. During COVID, we didn't even have the Nazis to worry about. Well, I take that back. Nazis seem to be making a comeback. But that's another story. Let's get back to December 10th, 1942. The newspaper pointed out uh, with these new gas masks arriving in the lower mainland, proper fitting would be essential. They had sizes for adults, children, and they said babies would soon get them as well. And they did have a bit of a sense of humor about it. The article pointed out that when you're wearing one of these gas masks, no one will recognize you. So they ended the article by saying, quote, if you are particularly anxious to avoid detection, just wait until next Monday when you may go downtown and for $1.25 buy yourself not only protection from death bringing gases, but also creditors and mothers-in-law. That article was published in a Vancouver newspaper on this day, December 10th, 80 years ago, 1942. I'm Martin Strong, and we'll have more coming up, including the consumer news headlines of the week as the cost of money goes up and Cineplex launches a new movie theater experience that they hope will get people off the couch and back into the theater. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.